Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hey, Greg Palmer here. Welcome to this episode of the Finnovate podcast. We've got a fun one for you today. We are going to be talking to a couple of our scholarship winners for Finnovate Europe, which is coming up on March 14th and 15th in London. Finnovate has recently announced the scholarship program to make the show accessible to companies who are working on sustainable, inclusive fintech efforts. Today, we're going to be talking to Quarum, who won the scholarship in the female-founded category. And we'll also be talking to Juno, the company who won the scholarship in the social category. If you are interested in seeing either of them in person, please join us at Finnovate Europe in March in London. And if you're interested in getting involved as a scholarship winner at any of our future events, we will continue to offer this scholarship program for Finnovate Spring and Finnovate Fall this year as well. More information, of course, available at Finnovate.com. For now, let's go ahead and jump into the interviews. Today, I am talking to Uliana Steibel, founder at Quorum. Uliana, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, Greg, it's amazing. Thank you for inviting me. So as you heard me mention at the top of this episode, um, we are featuring a couple of our scholarship winners for Finnovate Europe here. Uliana has won one of those scholarships, and we're going to give you just a chance to talk a little bit about what you're working on, who you'd like to meet at Finnovate Europe. To kick things off, though, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and Quorum and uh, what it is that you're going to be showing our audience at Finnovate Europe? Yeah, super excited to to participate, uh, actually. Um, I'm very, very honored to receive the scholarship. I'm very thankful to um, to to, to Finnovate actually to providing me with this opportunity. So as a startup, you can imagine like uh, we we definitely need this kind of exposure, but uh, we also are not exactly on a stage where where we can uh, finance all of these opportunities on on our own. So I was so, so lucky to to receive the scholarship and uh, actually looking much much forward to presenting uh, and demoing Quorum platform because Quorum is uh, is the solution that uh, would be super interesting to all the participants uh, from startup side. But I hope it's also going to be very interesting and insightful for everyone who is coming from banking and capital markets and um, broader industry <laughs> representatives. So um, just to give you understanding what Quorum is, it's a software solution for fundraising, uh, cap table management, and it's all in one platform to, to do all, all of the investor and shareholder relations in one place. And a lot of the corporate stuff which usually have to be done by by a company directors, but um, but the market for this uh, for these different uh, things are very fragmented, and usually the the average founder or startup or scale up director they would use like five, six, or sometimes more different type of solutions to do things, and we combine all of that in one place and helping startups. Uh, and uh, scale-ups to to raise funding. So um, we actually uh, focusing a lot on the, on a workflow, and um, 
and educating uh, um, startups founders to uh, to do their fundraising um in correct and uh, and the right manner because during the fundraising startups are doing a lot of mistakes and they probably spend like um two years just learning how to to do fundraising uh what type of investors to approach so quorum is a solution for them to to do, to learn the stuff uh as as they utilize it and uh, we provide a lot of guidelines uh what have to be done or avoided in order to make the funding round more successful yeah, it's a really interesting platform, and I think it's one that's going to resonate with a lot of the different sides of our audience, because certainly other fintech founders have likely experienced some of this pain, maybe are experiencing some of the pain points around this right now. Obviously, from a venture capital standpoint as well, there's a lot of things that you're working on that can really just help make the entire process a little bit easier. Now, one thing I did notice, um, I believe that up to this point, you're actually angel-backed and you're looking for funding, how does working on a platform like Quorum affect how you kind of go through this process yourself? You're kind of using your, your own platform right now, are you not? Yes, exactly. And uh, it's quite interesting journeys that we had as a startup as well. So my background is uh, is in finance and capital markets and my co-founder is a lawyer. So um, we have been like dealing with the capital markets and the investment banking uh, for for some time and um, we started to think about like this all-in-one solution where companies can manage their shareholders things um but not just uh, existing shareholders and uh, and we uh, so what we did we actually built the the mvp and we raised our angel funding through through the platform so we had two fund uh, angel rounds uh, through uh, Quorum platform, and uh, now we are doing the DVC round uh, uh, again through through the platform. And uh, you know, like it's very. I think like environment has changed uh, a lot, and uh, and a lot of tools uh, and features that we have built is are actually helping us right now because uh, the market become much more demand demanding and for companies it's uh, it's very hard to stand out from from other uh, startups and from other uh, businesses on the market who um, want to get 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 money um so basically like there are there are features including like uh, investor updates like automated investor updates that that help companies to visualize their matrices uh, the KPIs and share it with the targeted uh, investors. So, because it, like everyone is expecting uh, the kind of mini recession right now, right? So, investors start to be pick, much more picky about uh, companies that they invest money in. And uh, the only thing that really um, st- stand company out from others, it's uh, their matrices and their ability to communicate these achievements and metrics with investors. And so this investor updates tool, for example, it's serving uh, not just companies who are um, um, raising already, uh, but even those uh, which are planning to raise their funding round like in six months, right? So you kind of, you need to... Um, keep your potential investors updated uh, so they can see 
uh, how company is growing uh, over the last six months. You build the relationships. And then when you start your funding round, so you're going to be much more closer to actually to convince these investors to invest in, in your company. So basically, it's what we do for our own funding round as well. And um, every company which uh, utilize Quorum, um, so they they do it in a similar manner. So uh, they manage their investor pipeline, they are targeting the investor with um, investor updates, they are utilizing our platform to sign and, and close deals, and of course, to issue share certificates and manage their cap- capitalization table um, over the life of the of a company. So. Um, yeah, so we we are very excited to use our platform again, and yeah. uh, and want uh, definitely to to share this experience and uh, uh, and novelties uh, with others. So again, like I think, uh, Finnovate uh, gonna gonna be like really great place uh, to uh, to introduce this solution to the market. Yeah, no, I think it certainly will be. Um, we're coming up on the end of our time, but I did just want to quickly ask one follow-up question. I think, you know, obviously we know that it's difficult to come into the fintech space as a female founder. And that's part of the reason that we've set up the scholarships around um, for, for female-founded or female-owned companies. Can you talk a little bit about your experience in the ecosystem and maybe how it's different from your side as opposed to some of uh, what your male colleagues experience in the fundraising space? I think there is definitely more complication for for female founders, um, but um, I think it's uh, that it's not just about female founders. It's also about uh, uh, the complications which are any kind of minority founders are experience uh, with fundraising, right? So uh, we are. Um, ourself uh, uh, Ukrainian uh, founders right so uh, this is also <laughs> added like uh, some some complications to to our journey because uh, uh, we we are like foreign uh, company um, and um, when we moved to to London with our solution in, in 2018 so we still been you know like uh, not graduated from from oxford so i think like there is huge problem still existing in the venture capital space that uh, venture capital is acting as a network and uh, um, and they obviously prefer someone who is coming from from the oxbridge <laughs> network right for example so i think it's not just like as i said not just about female founders it's the problem is much broader and we know the statistics uh, how uh, the the huge inequality in uh, in the funding space which should be addressed so but i have really advice for that uh, like you can beat it with with your matrices. So yes, you will not be uh, probably able to uh, to convince uh, that you are a great startup and a great business just because you're on a on a pre-revenue stage, uh, having great idea, but you're gonna be funded because you're you're graduated from the Oxford, right? So this is probably not gonna be the case. But if you a startup with a diverse background, uh, but you are, are properly 
building your business and you uh, generating metrics like revenues um, and you can communicate this with investors properly. So I think that uh, actually uh, investors become more, much more open um, uh, and trusted to, to this kind of uh, startups and businesses. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's something that I think we're seeing some shifting in the industry, but certainly not nearly as much as we probably need to see in order to really um, start to correct the problem. Well, uh, we're going to have to leave it there. This has been just a little bit of a taste. Um, come to Finnovate Europe in London next March, and um, you can see Uliana up on stage and learn more about what Karuma is doing. Um, it's been great to get to know you a little bit, Uliana, and I look forward to seeing you in London in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Greg, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you. Hey, continuing our conversations with our Finnovate Europe scholarship winners, I am now speaking to Margot de Broglie, co-founder of Juno. Margot, thank you for taking the time to connect with me. Thank you for having me. So our audience at this point understands that you've won one of our scholarships to come to uh, Finnovate Europe, but can you start by just telling us about yourself and Juno and what the audience can expect to see from you uh, on stage at Finnovate Europe? Absolutely. Um, so I'm the co-founder of Juno. Um, Juno is a financial education platform. So you can think of us a little bit like the Duolingo of money. We take the topic of personal finance, which tends to be overwhelming and anxiety-inducing, and break it down into bite-sized topics. We have a library of over 350 lessons, and we launched our D2C app a year ago and now have a community of 50,000 users in the UK, having completed over half a million lessons. And our mission is really to take personal finance and make it sexy and engaging. Yeah, it's a great goal and something which I think uh, it sounds like you're having some good traction with already, which is terrific. So um, you've won the social scholarship that we offer. And can you talk a little bit about how Juno fits into that social responsibility sphere? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we know now, and it's been proven over and over again, that higher levels of financial literacy lead to positive financial outcomes for people. So if you know more about money, you're more likely to save, you're more likely to invest for your long-term future, to stick to a budget, and you're less likely to get into debt. And yet, when you think about it, no one actually teaches us about money. It's not mandatory in the curriculum in most countries. And as a result, a large number of people go through their lives making financial decisions through trial and error. Um, and as you know, the, the consequence of that is that often they make decisions badly informed and tend to be in situations that aren't in line with their financial goals. So through financial education, our aim is really to make this topic more accessible to a vast majority of people and to level the playing field so that everyone has access to the right information to make the best possible financial decisions in their lives. We're particularly focused on young people as well, because I'm still very young and I've seen firsthand just how coming out of university already, the kind of different path are shaping themselves between the friends that are saving, that are investing, that are, um, you know, investing for a house deposit versus the friends that have a bad relationship with money and that are already getting into debt. And so we're really interested in, in impacting young people to shape a positive relationship with money throughout their whole lives because the impact that it can have is just incredible throughout a lifetime. 
Yeah. Can you talk about kind of the the broader social impact as well? Because obviously the individual benefits immensely from having uh, this kind of learning early on the ability to become more financially literate. But there is a, a social component as well when an entire community has this kind of education. Um, what, what's kind of the potential upside on that level? Yeah, absolutely. So something that we've been really focused on at Juno is taking an intersectional approach um, when we look at money, because unfortunately, there's still huge gender and racial wealth gaps. And the same plays out in gender and racial financial literacy gaps. And so what we see is that when women have better financial knowledge, they tend to be more on par with men and make better financial decisions in that respect. And that trickles through into families and into the communities they're part of. So financial education really plays a large role in reducing financial inequality as a whole. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things where it's a really significant problem. And a lot of people are kind of stuck when they think about it, because people in the space that I talk to tend to agree it's a problem. We should do something about it. But it's one of those things where you think, well, where can I start? And here's a place where you can actually start and and make a significant difference really quickly. Um, Why is this an area that financial institutions need to be focusing on Or, or put another way, kind of what's in it for those banks if they engage with this space? I think you're spot on, Greg, in saying that this is obviously a topic that a lot of people have thought about. It's a big, obvious issue that we have. And I think the challenge that we've seen up until now is that no one has really managed to make personal finance engaging and something that's exciting for young people. And yet what we're seeing now is that a real shift is happening. I was just reading a statistic that more than half of Gen Z now turn to TikTok for financial advice. There's this super engaged community that is building itself. So the question that I ask is, what if banks could have that same level of engagement with their younger customers? Because what we're seeing now is that their customers are already on Juno. They're asking questions. They're consuming hours and hours of context. And so we offer banks that bridge to take this topic that historically they haven't managed to make exciting and fun for their audiences and make it something that their their customers will be interested in engaging with. And the important point here is that it's really a win-win for everyone. What we've seen from our data is that educated consumers benefit banks because they have a higher transaction volume. We've seen from our community that when people understand how to invest better, then they're likely to put a lot more money into their investments, into their pensions. We've also seen that they're less likely to churn Now, recently, over the last few years, where we've seen the market going down, educated consumers were much less likely to take money out of their pensions and out of their investments because they knew that this probably wasn't the right move. And what we're also seeing now is that there's a real opportunity for banks to cross-sell products to their consumers. So you might have someone who has an insurance product out with you, but that doesn't understand the value of a private pension. And we give them the opportunity through the education to cross-promote all their offerings. So beyond it being good for the community, it also makes sense for the bank. It's really a no-brainer. Yeah, and I think that's a crucial piece as well. Certainly being able to take advantage of all the products that a financial institution offers, you have to be aware of how they work and how they fit into your overall financial strategy. 
I'm curious, you mentioned that, you know, people are right now on the Juno platform watching uh, a lot of the content that you have. Is there a particular area that people are, are kind of focusing on based on what you can see, or are they just consuming whatever information you're able to put in front of them? Yeah, so we make the content personalized to the user um, and, and based on their financial goals. I can tell you that the top three financial goals this year have been investing as number one by far. We still see that this is an area of huge appetite and especially for women. Um, the second one is buying a property. Again, as you know, in, in UK, homeownership is one of the big dreams that people have. And a lot of people are very interested in that topic. And then Due to the cost of living crisis, the third one that has really risen through the rank is just managing a budget. Um, the basics of budgeting is something that people still need to learn. And so we've seen a really big uptake in that as well. No, I mean, that makes sense. I think especially that last one, it's always shocking to me how many intelligent people I know who seem to be really bad at setting a budget or sticking to a budget. This is an area where, you know, reasonable people can can really have some difficulty. So it's great right. that people are able to get that resource there. Um, looking ahead to Finovit Europe itself, who are you really looking to meet while you're there? Yeah, um, so I think Finnovate comes at a really crucial time for us because over the last year, we've really proven and shown that we could make financial education engaging. We've shown our traction in B2C. And so this year, we're kicking off our partnerships with financial institutions because we know that this will you know, accelerate our impact in, immensely if we partner with the banks that are really have at the center of their mission to educate their customers. So we're looking for, for partners that understand the value of financial education, um, especially during this time, and that are ready to support and, and engage with their customers to the next level. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a few of them in the room. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and again, we're excited to be able to feature platforms like this as a part of our scholarship effort. So congratulations on winning the scholarship. I look forward to seeing your demo from stage. Again, Finnovate Europe coming up in the middle of March in London. Tickets are still available. And Margot, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and to give us all a little bit of a preview of what we can expect to see from Juno on the stage. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you all very much for joining us on this episode. Hopefully you found something interesting about both Juno and Quorum. We appreciate both of them taking the time. And of course, as I mentioned at the outset, come see them in London to watch their demos live from the Finnovate stage. And again, if you are interested in taking part or simply learning more about the scholarship program that Finnovate is offering, check us out at Finnovate.com. We will continue to offer scholarships in these categories at both our Finnovate Spring and Finnovate Fall events. We look forward to seeing more companies who are doing good, working on making the fintech space more inclusive, more sustainable, more socially responsible. And we hope you'll join us in that journey. Thanks so much. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>